We sit glued to the TV set all night And every night Why go into the outside world at all? It's such a fright We got nothing better to do Than watch TV and have a couple of... Welcome to TV Times 3, episode 250. On this episode, we've got some cancellation and renewal news, and then we'll be talking about recent episodes of Arrow, The Big Bang Theory, Once Upon a Time, and Resurrection, uh, as well as the uh, sixth and final season premiere of White Collar and the eighth season finale of Doctor Who. Uh, Plus, we've got some TV recommendations and a little bit of listener feedback at the end. You can find the full show notes with start times for each segment at tvtimes3.com slash 250. I'm Jason, the TV-holic from tvholic.com, and this week I have joining me... Jonathan from the Sci-Fi Movie Podcast at scifimoviepodcast.com. And I'm Wayne Henderson, your voice-acting, podcasting Green Bay Packers fan from resurrectionrevealed.com. All right. And uh, congrats on the big win last night there, Wayne. Yeah, go Packers. <laughs> that was some... Thank you. That was something else. Six touchdowns and a half. That's just... Uh, Thing of beauty. <laughs> well, unless you're a Bears fan, then not so much. But uh, but yeah, it was that was something to something to see there, especially since it took uh, you know it took Ben Roethlisberger like a whole game <laughs> to get like six touchdowns in a in a game. I mean, geez, slacker. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, as I mentioned, this is uh, episode two fifty. Uh, even though it's sort of a a nice round number. It's just going to be another episode. We didn't really plan to do anything special for this one because wasn't sure where 250 was going to land on the uh, on the schedule. But since we ended up recording a, sort of a live together episode with uh, Amory and myself a couple weeks back, that pushed out. So instead of next week being episode 250, it's this week. So <laughs> congrats to you guys for joining me for episode 250. Right on. I feel super excited to be here for episode 250. That's amazing. I can't believe I landed this this kind of luck. That's right. That is quite a collection of episodes. I mean, 250, I had no idea it was quite that high. That's awesome. Congratulations. Yeah, bravo to you guys. Well, thank you. And uh, with that, we will uh, jump into the uh, news. There's uh, been a bunch of uh, stuff uh, this week. It didn't look like uh, there was going to be a whole bunch, and then all of a sudden... All kinds of announcements, uh, starting off with uh, ABC has, well, they've basically canceled Selfie, uh, much like uh, NBC recently did with A to Z and Bad Judge. They will produce all 13 episodes, and they are also scheduled to air, but they are ending production at 13, so basically it's canceled. And then, but they have uh, picked up forever for a full season, so I'm happy about that one because I like that show. Yeah, this is like a good news, bad news thing for me because I actually – like I didn't get into Selfie until episode four and I watched and I'm like, my god, this is just a modern retelling of My Fair Lady. Hmm. I'm like, this is yeah. this is so cool, right? And then, then I'm like, well, I guess they're going to cancel that pretty soon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what, that's what they were going for with that and uh, it just – I don't know. I think partially the uh, the title didn't help them out so much but I, I liked some of what they were doing with the show especially since they were using, you know, real things, not making up their own website of the month to talk about for whatever uh, type of, uh, you know, social media thing they were doing. They were actually uh, talking about real things. So that was always, that that was a, an interesting part of it too. 
Um, but yeah, the the good news is I I like Forever. Uh, it's uh, you know, it's Sherlock Holmes with us. You know, <laughs> I'm right there with you. I'm a big fan of Forever, and I think it was a few years ago they had a, a show called New Amsterdam, which was about a cop who lived forever and, and resurrect and he couldn't die. Uh, but it was a little bit different. It was more of a police procedural versus a medical procedural. Um, it wasn't nearly as entertaining as this. And it died quite a quick death. It did. It, it died <laughs> fairly quickly. And I'm so glad that this actually is resonating with people now that it's getting a full season. Yeah, hopefully it'll uh, – I mean it's it, – you know, it's not doing the greatest, but relatively speaking, it's one of the best uh, rated things they've ever had in that time slot on Tuesdays at 10 o'clock. So, you know, you kind of, everything else has died a very quick death in that, in that time slot. I mean, I think they ran through like three or four different shows in that time period last year that all only ran, you know, maybe a handful of episodes before they got, uh, before they got, you know, not just canceled, but yanked off the schedule. So forever will at least be around for a full season. Uh, AMC has renewed, uh, Hell on Wheels for a fifth and final season, which will be uh, of 14 episodes, but they are going to do what AMC does with uh, their shows, and they're going to split that into two half seasons of seven that'll play seven episodes in 2015 and seven more in 2016. You can't see it, but I'm shaking my head because it drives me crazy when a network does this. It's, it's like, hey, we're we're gonna make like a hundred episodes. We're gonna split it between five different years. Like, God, oh, we know this already. Just, I don't. Uh, <laughs> with this one, I don't even get it. Like Breaking Bad, I I sort of understand it. Like it, that show kept picking up ratings wise as it as it went along, and so to try and extend it out, you know, as as long as possible, I sort of get it. And trying to do the same thing with Mad Men, which never had quite the rating success, uh, I can I sort of see that. But this is a show that's barely hung on, <laughs> uh, that, that barely even made it to a second season. Uh, and so it just seems weird that they're extending it out with seven episodes over the next, you know, <laughs> That'll air sometime in 2015, and then another seven a year later. It just is. Uh, I I can't wait to hear you know any type of interviews the actors try and do about the final, the, the final seven episodes when they're just like, man, we filmed that like two years ago. I don't really even remember. I've exactly. I've done four shows since then. Uh, I don't know. I I find that one. Not weird that they would pick it up for a fifth season, but weird that they would do it in such a in such a way. Uh, CBS has announced uh, that the upcoming season of The Mentalist will be its last. Uh, not really a surprise, considering it was kind of a surprise that it even got this season. So, you know. Yeah, I mean, it, that show's been kind of on the downslope over the last couple seasons in terms of, in my opinion, quality of scripts. And I think, yeah, seven seasons a good time to maybe wrap it up and give it some finality. Yeah, they, I mean, they took so long to do the Red John thing and it with, you know, so many different fake outs and stuff that it was just like, oh, get, get rid of this already. You know, might as well just call him Red Herring and, and then, be done, be done <laughs> and, with it. Yeah, and then they finally did, but then they did it like so soon in, in a season that it was, you know, then they completely rebooted the show. So I don't know. It's kind of uh, 
kind of interesting, but I'll be, uh, I'll, I'll watch the final 13 episodes. So I've watched every one of the previous ones. So no point in stopping now. <laughs> yes. Loyalty. <laughs> right. Once you make it past three seasons, you want to see it through all the way to yeah. the end. And I give props to the uh, cast and crew of the mentalist. Cause it, just the fact that it's gone on this long definitely says something. I thought it was going to just be a two or three season show at the most. So but this is good news and it's a good time to finish it up. All right. Uh, next up, uh, ITV in the UK has renewed uh, Downton Abbey for a sixth season. Does this surprise and, anybody? And uh, not, <laughs> nope. not, not a surprise that uh, it's getting the sixth season, uh, uh, considering that the, I guess what, the fifth season it did pretty well for Downton Abbey fans here in the US. Uh, it'll play... I think it starts up in January for for us here. So, but when you're watching, you'll know that there'll be another season to to come after that. <laughs> Lifetime has canceled Witches of East End after two seasons, which I was surprised to, to to hear that one. I I thought they I didn't. I guess the ratings had dropped some in the second season, but it seemed like they were making a big push to make this one of their sort of marquee shows and. Uh, all of a sudden uh, to end at the end of two seasons, but also the end of two seasons where there was like, you know, conservative estimate, like a thousand cliffhangers <laughs> in the final episode. Wow. <laughs> so it's quite disappointing that a show like that ends where, you know, basically there, basically there was a cliffhanger for every character in the show pretty much. Uh, and, uh, You'll never get to. I guess you can go. Uh, not that they're telling the exact same story, but I guess you could go read the books if you uh, want to continue on uh, with the Witches of East End. Uh, NBC has ordered five more episodes of Marry Me. Not really a surprise there either. I mean, it's it's been doing okay uh, for them, although sort of a weird order of not ordering another nine to give them a full twenty-two episode season, but. I don't know. Maybe they'll order even more so at some point. <laughs> I have no. The any more. It used to be so standard, thirteen and nine, and then now they're you know the way they air things and what network is this? It's on NBC, right? Correct. Yeah, that it seems to be the way NBC goes now with comedy. Is yeah. they're they're very touchy with it. They'll be like, okay, well we like it, and it's doing really well. But maybe we'll just give it half the regular order that we used to, <laughs> yeah. and I, we'll see how it goes. Yeah, I I don't. It's it's sort of weird because I, I mean I don't know how many episodes they ordered of about a boy that they haven't paired with, or you know, it just seems like it, it. You could end up with an odd number of things to program where you end up with the new episodes playing with repeat episodes of something else, or you try and move it to another night, or. Uh, who knows what they're what they're going to do with with that? But uh, if you like the show, at least you're going to get uh, at this point 18 episodes. And then uh, Showtime uh, today uh, announced that uh, uh, they have renewed Homeland for a fifth season and The Affair for a second season. And uh, given the critical buzz of The Affair, not a surprise. Given the critical hatred of Homeland, <laughs> wow! <laughs> Not necessarily a surprise, but I mean, people are still watching it, so they're going to keep uh, they're going to keep making more. I'm way behind on this season, as am as am I. And just judging by the uh, viewership, I mean, it's kind of goes up and down um, over this season. 
they were started off with like what 1.6 million viewers and then down to 1.2 and then up to 1.5 i mean it seems like every season goes like that for them though yeah but you know showtime you know one of the premium networks more than anything else i mean these days with on demand services and stuff like that where you can watch it any time you know plus they play it like five other times throughout the week and so you can pretty much you know watch it whenever and it's going to be commercial free no matter what you know wherever you uh, are watching it so their actual night you know whatever viewed it on the night is not really as long as they have people paying their monthly service (laughs) (laughs) they're making money (laughs) and and they keep some coming uh they'll keep they'll keep making some uh, shows they'll keep making shows like that uh, and then lastly, in the news, uh, USA Network uh, has renewed Royal Pains for a seventh and an eighth season uh, of, I think, this is this is like the opposite, <laughs> where AMC could have just said we're renewing it for two more seasons, and it's going <laughs> to, you know, <laughs> but they called it one season, but we're splitting it into two. Uh, USA Network basically said we're renewing it. Re- renewing it for two more seasons but they're shorter seasons than we have been doing so it's, <laughs> it's roughly the same thing uh all in all it's going to end up being 100 episodes that's where it's going to uh they didn't say exactly that it was necessarily the end but it's likely uh, most likely the eighth season is where it uh it'll come to an end at an even 100 episodes yeah, i don't know too many usa network shows that have been past a seventh or eighth season yeah, other yeah, other than uh, like Psych, nothing really has gone uh, uh, that quite that uh, yeah quite that long. But you know, it's one of those things where if you looked at the number of episodes and, and you divided it out, like if they normally produced you know like twelve episodes or sixteen episode seasons and stuff, and you <laughs> and then you looked at their hundred episodes and you go, well, they actually only did five seasons if they would have ordered them at a normal pace, right? <laughs> type of thing. <laughs> But yeah, a lot of the a lot of the cable shows, there's no telling. Like one season is 16 episodes, and then uh, you know the next season is is only 12, and uh, and then they get real high on something, and a network decides to do 20 episodes. Yeah, it drives me crazy. But then, but then it's but the 20 episodes is all one season. But then they break it into two parts, uh, like uh, MTV is done with Teen Wolf, or uh, Sci-Fi is doing with Haven right now. Uh, so yeah, yeah. Where where you get Haven with a a fifth season of twenty six episodes or whatever it is? Wow. Basically, ends up being two more seasons, but they're only calling it uh, they're calling it all a season and then splitting it up. Yeah, they're basically yeah, they're airing the thirteen episodes the way they would have, you know. In <laughs> uh, but they're calling it all one season, uh, you know. That way, I guess they didn't have to uh, renew any contracts with anybody to get a season <laughs> of the show. Oh, okay, that'll uh, that'll wrap it up for uh, the uh, news. A bunch of uh, you know, some good, some bad, sort of a, a mixed bag of uh, of stuff uh, going there. And we'll move on to the uh, prime time segment. First up, Arrow, uh, season three, episode five, uh, the secret origin of Felicity Smoke. And uh, John, what did you uh, what did you think of the origin story of Felicity Smoke? Uh, well, there's not much I don't like about this show in general. 
other than the fact that it's on the CW. And like this, ep- this episode is a prime example why. I mean, the secret origin of Felicity Smoke. What's her origin? Like, she's an incredibly hot, attractive college hacker, and now she's an incredibly attractive adult hacker. <laughs> I mean, they had a real good opportunity here to give her a really great backstory, and they just ended her giving up. Uh, ended up giving her some parent issues, and that's like every other show I watch on the CW. I mean, The Flash, the mom's dead, dad's blamed, dad's in jail. Supernatural, both parents were monster hunters and died horribly. Uh, Smallville, I mean, uh, Jonathan Kent died, and then Martha became a senator, and they were out of the show. It just seems like every CW character has problems with their parents, and now Felicity Smoke is is just like them, and it, it's... I think it was a missed opportunity. Uh, the episode itself was okay. I kind of saw the uh, the whole episode kind of pan out, and I saw her ex-boyfriend being the terrorist, even though she said, oh, he's dead. And I'm like, he's not dead. <laughs> get get out of here. Does, doesn't she know about the Suicide Squad? Doesn't she know who these people are? <laughs> you know, of course he's not dead. Of course. Yeah, that that was one of those things where you're like, yes. But within that, they had some... But then that they had some good, uh, you know, they had some good moments. They had some, uh, you know, some decent action. Although the uh, the motion censored uh, machine gun se- sequence wasn't all that great. I was like, no, he would die. <laughs> Absolutely, <laughs> he's not Absolutely that, he would. He's not that fast. <laughs> but I did like that they, you know, that uh, Felicity like basically took the guy out at the end, you know, uh, by getting the gun away from him and. You know, so she's been paying attention a little bit. <laughs> to, Thank God, to what's been going on, but yeah, not a not you know not a a totally great you know used to be the uh, what you know like the you know the dark haired online anarchist you know type of a hacker and is now the uh, and because of that experience became the straight laced you know <laughs> I know it's just. Like I said, it's, I think it's a weak origin. I think they could have done so much more, so much better. I did like the, I did like some of the stuff with the mother, though. Uh, that you know, pretty good casting, I thought. I did. I uh, loved the mother, and I loved every scene Brandon Routh, uh, who plays Ray Palmer, had with the mother. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he's been actually really good, a, a good addition to it. Especially with uh, him and Felicity, they they get a lot. You know, they they get sort of the fun banter on the show, while everybody else is sort of the sour, you know, like sullen, uh, you know, personality. What do you think about the you know sort of the storyline with the with the sister and you know Malcolm Merlin and how everybody like everybody knows a little bit of something, but nobody's telling everybody. You know, it's like everything <laughs> she knows that he's al- actually knows that he was alive all this time. Uh, but, you know, but also when she's talking to her dad, she says, oh, you know, Oliver has no no clue. But then Malcolm knows who Oliver is, but f- for whatever reason, doesn't out him. You know, <laughs> uh, oh, the stuff they do in, uh, you know, superhero shows. Type right. Of, type a t- it's a tangled web they weave. <laughs> yes. This sounds like a wild television show, and I've been hearing a lot of buzz about Arrow. Do you think that's a show that newbies could pick up? Like myself, I've never seen an episode. I just can't find the time to fit it into my schedule. Do you think it's too late for me to jump in and try to get get on this train? Uh, that is a that's a very tough call. That's, a, that's an interesting question. I think uh, 
I think for I think for the most part, you probably could, within a handful of episodes, sort of get the idea of what's of what's going on. But then you would also have missed two seasons of great character development. And yeah, I'd say what you would need to do is uh, there needs to be like a list of episodes that are like required watching from episode one and ep- or sorry, not episode one from season one and season two to kind of fill you in on the on some of the backstory. And then you can kick off with season three. I don't think it's unreasonable for a catch up. I don't think you need to watch the whole season one and the whole season two okay. to to start watching off in season three. But there is some key stories and some key elements in some episodes that you should watch. Duly noted. Because you, I mean, overall you pick up some things, but you wouldn't fully grasp all the character dynamics, you know, between certain characters without knowing you're not going to know the backstory there. And uh, so it might seem a little weird or like, why is this going on? Uh, <laughs> when, you, when, if you had just watched <laughs> some of the, the previous seasons, you would know exactly what was uh, going on. That, that's a hard thing with some, with, you know, with the shows that have a, uh, while it's action uh, and it gives you basically, you know, something of the week that they're trying to either stop or, uh, you know, that has sort of a closed storyline each week. Uh, sometimes the story of the week meshes in more or less with the overall story. Uh, they did a lot last season with, uh, you know, the sort of the big bad of the season uh, push, pushed a lot of the, you know, the intermediate episodes of built towards uh, where that was going. But there is actually a lot of ongoing story, you know, more so than you know, your average sort of procedural type show. Uh, so it's it's kind of hard to say uh, whether you could... I mean, you could jump on and you could thoroughly enjoy the action sequences and uh, and a lot of stuff. They do some of the best action and stunt work on TV right now. Oh, okay. You know, you know what you do? You get a friend who's incredibly patient and knowledgeable about the show and the comic books and watch start watching season three with him and expect to pause a lot for him to explain everything <laughs> yeah. to you. And I think it'll probably take you about two hours, maybe three to get through that first episode. Uh, but once you do, you're probably home free. <laughs> oh, okay. Sage advice. Thank you so much. But, uh, you know, there's, yeah, there's too much TV. There's a lot of stuff on, uh, but, uh, you know, if you like the action, you know, that type of, you know, the superhero-y comic book type of stuff, it's definitely worth, uh, putting it on the list of things to catch up with, uh, both seasons are out on Netflix, but, you know, it's also – that's 44 episodes of <laughs> of, of stuff out there. <laughs> All right. That's, uh, that's Arrow. I think uh, both John and I enjoyed it but thought they could have – you know, they could have done some things better. Uh, but overall are thoroughly uh, enjoying the show and, uh, and recommend Enjoy, it. Enjoying the season. Yeah. Enjoying the whole season has been great so far. And uh, next up, uh, The Big Bang Theory, uh, Season 8, Episode 8, uh, Prom Equivalency. And, uh, Wayne, what did you think of uh, the uh, prom episode of The Big Bang Theory? I actually really enjoyed this episode. I mean, this season's been kind of choppy, whereas last season of The Big Bang Theory, I thought was near perfect every single episode. So I've been waiting for that to come along and this is the first episode this season where i've laughed like a hyena during parts of the episode you know maybe i was expecting too much but some of the great 
past history relationship gags when they're in the back of the car on the way to the prom, you know, with Stuart's date being Howard's second cousin, which he apparently had a fling with back in the day. And then Howard's still trying to cover it up. But it's interesting that his second cousin has just moved on and doesn't care if everybody talks about it. And then, of course, the the highlight of the episode, the plot advancement of Sheldon and Amy's relationship I, I'm not surprised that this season we finally got one of them to use the L word, but I admit to being surprised that Sheldon was the one to say that he loved Amy first. Yeah, I was kind of surprised that Sheldon's capable of love. <laughs> yeah. Well, he chalked it up to what else could it be? I couldn't figure out anything else that made sense. <laughs> yeah, that was. Yeah, it was a. It was very Sheldon. Yeah, I. I I tried to figure out every other thing that could be making me feel this way, <laughs> and. Those all seemed even less plausible than love, so I went with that. It's like Sherlock Holmes, right? When you eliminate everything else, yes. whatever remains, however implausible, must be the truth. Exactly. Uh, speaking of the truth, I'll tell you guys the truth. I'm not entirely sure why I still watch this show. I think it's out of some misguided loyalty because I've seen every episode up until this one and including this one. And I'm, I think I'm just waiting for them to drop all the super nerdy stereotypes. But I still get a good laugh out of the show, especially at the end when they're doing the prom pictures. Yes, that was gold. <laughs> that, that was a bursting, laughing out loud moment for me. Yeah, they because they all ended up with what would be like the perfect picture for them <laughs> type of thing, uh, and and sort of a, a decent spoof on the uh, you know that those type of pictures. I I think we talked a, a few weeks ago. Uh, Big Bang Theory made the list, and and when we talked about it, then uh, the the guests on that week weren't overly enthused with what was going on with the show. But I think this episode does well did well because one of the reasons I think the show has been able to become such a hit and is, is because they uh, allow the characters to grow some, you know, they do set some people back here and there occasionally, but they decided at some point to actually let their characters grow and not, not do what they used to do on two and a half men, which was they would do a a season of character growth and then they would erase it all. (laughs) <laughs> and they would That's reset bad. and start from zero. And uh, uh, so they've, like you said, there was a lot of stuff that was based on past history of these characters. And uh, I think my favorite line was <laughs> was uh, when he's yelling at Stuart, stop humping your way up my family tree. <laughs> That's just wrong. <laughs> it was, <laughs> uh, it was uh, yeah, it was... There was so much wrong, but yet funny <laughs> in that whole everything that was happening. Uh, I also lo- like that uh, Raj's date was just like totally enthralled with like the weirdness that was like going on uh, in-, in all of this. Yeah, they're just sitting back enjoying the whole thing. I kind of liked how they took away the running gag that's been going on, I think, too long this season with Stuart living with Howard's mom and us wondering what's going on. And this time, Stuart actually has a date that's not Howard's mom. <laughs> it's his second cousin, but that, you know, I, it was good. I, I like the Stuart character because he's he's just so different. <laughs> yeah, he's like no comic book store owner I know. <laughs> <laughs> And I actually really like the fact that he's living with Howard's mom because Howard's mom needs more, 
I'd, I'd say airtime, but, but it's not like you ever see her. <laughs> right, right. But there needs to be more Howard's mom because I love a character yelling from the wings crazy things. <laughs> yes. Uh, I like that he's mad that somebody else is basically getting what he used to get <laughs> or or even getting better than what he got when he, he lived with his mother. Uh, it's, yeah, it's pretty funny. Uh, they do pretty well with the off, you know, sort of the off-screen character. All in all, a, a good episode, but I, I like that, uh, you know, I like the Penny and Leonard. Uh, I really wish they would go away from the, it's like they're together now, so like, just stop with the, you know, the, the how different they are stuff, you know, to yes. some extent. Uh, we get it. Although the, uh, you know, the some of the jokes and stuff like that, or or just like uh, him standing on his tippy toes when they went to take the picture, so that he would yes. be just a bit, <laughs> so he'd be just a bit taller than her. Uh, you know, those types of things were were funny. But earlier in the season, they've hit on too many times of his still his total insecurities over the whole situation or whatever, and you're just like, really, <laughs> at this point. Are you are you st- you know are we still that unsure of of what's going on here? Uh, so I wish they would you know kind of go away with away from some of that. But uh, overall, I think a, a good episode. Yeah, I gotta completely agree. I'm so tired of the you know the the whole not not the will they won't they but the but the oh I'm not good enough for you oh yeah you are but here's an episode about it. <laughs> exactly. It's time to come up with something else that'll be funny. But totally different. And I'm hoping with this past week's episode being probably the highlight of the season so far that maybe they're hitting a stride and we'll get another awesome holiday Christmas episode where just total insanity breaks out. Because I think they've had two or three of those and they've always just, for whatever reason, maybe just practically fall on the floor laughing. Seriously. I mean, hurting myself. I'm actually hoping that we'll get to see a little bit more comedy derived from Penny's new job. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah, she's the the pharmaceutical pharmaceutical. Oh my god, pharmaceutical <laughs> sales girl now. Yeah, that that's a uh, drugs are a comedy goldmine. Come yeah. on. <laughs> <laughs> well, th- that's been a good thing too that they've finally given her something. Like it was either that was another thing. It was like either give her a little bit of success in the acting or right or have her find something uh, to do and. And so to give her some some character growth too, where she's you know got you know with some help got this a uh, good job, it it did lead to I mean that did the previous episode was pretty good too, uh, with Billy Bob Thornton as one of the doctors that you know that like got a crush on her, uh, that, or anything that or, moves or, or, or pretty yeah or pretty much any female that that said hi to him, or. Or touched him. That was the, <laughs> if they if they if they touched him for one Mississippi, two Mississippi. <laughs> right, exactly. It's dangerous. So, so that was pretty good. And uh, we'll move on to the next show on the list: uh, White Collar, uh, season six, episode one, uh, "Borrowed Time," which was the season premiere. And uh, John, what did you uh, what did you think of how we started off the final season here? Emmanuel, I'm always excited to see an episode of White Collar. I love a good heist show. And this is, you know, a heist an episode. And I think season six 
started off with a bang, set up the entire season. It sets it up extraordinarily predictably, but it still sets it up uh, nevertheless. And the the little bit at the end where Elizabeth tells Peter, and spoiler alert, uh, that she's pregnant, I saw that coming like a mile out. Yeah, it's it's pretty good considering that uh, there was a whole season that they had to have her someplace else and uh, and film her differently because she was actually pregnant, <laughs> but they didn't want to put that into the show. Oh, is that why they did that? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and uh, and and now they're actually uh, writing it into the show. But yeah, I thought they did a good job of setting up, still leaving you with the you know, does Neil like? Would he really want to be a part of this type of group? <laughs> you know, or is he really doing this to you know fully get his freedom, or is he trying to do both? How is he, you know, how is he working this to set himself up? Uh, you know, for, you know, what's his, cause as he says in it, you know, he, that, what makes you think that's the only thing I want? Uh, so that's true. Yeah. I never, I never thought about it until right now. Maybe he's, his entire plan this season is going to be to bring down the Pink Panthers and have it resurrected with him as the head. Yeah, that, that could, that'd be so <laughs> genius to do. Meanwhile, getting out from under the thumb of the FBI. Yeah, who you know they could do all kinds of things with the, this type of storyline, but I like that they're they're still you know there's still that little bit of uneasiness, but they seem to a little more trust each other. I like that Mozzie finally got a look at like a case sort of from the inside. He's like, I yeah, Mozzie in the FBI building was a highlight. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, I totally get why Neil likes this. He gets to sit around and. <laughs> figure out how he would break into everything, you know, without <laughs> having to actually, you know, and then sometimes actually get to do it. <laughs> but, you know, without the fear of getting caught or going to jail for it. Uh, yeah, I thought they did a really good job of setting up the, the, you know, the whole Pink Panthers thing as a pretty good, it'll be a short arc, you know, the this will be... A, yeah, it's a short, only a, a six-season yeah, uh, or six-episode season. A shorter than normal season, but at least they gave it a final season to actually give a sort of a wrap-up story. You know, some sort of an ending to, you know, everything that's... Even though that, you know, whatever they leave them, obviously you can... You, you want the type of ending where you're like, they could keep going, but it also feels like an end where... There, there's not huge things left, you know. With Unsaid. there's not a lot of questions unanswered. Yeah, a lot of huge, you know, cliffhangery type stuff uh, that they, you know, like to do at the end of uh, end of seasons. I, I'm hoping that you know USA has kind of taken on what sci-fi has done a little bit recently. You know, their uh, their corporate cousin there, and uh, with with this type of thing is is shows that have gone on for. A little bit that they actually do give them some sort of notice and or or final shortened seasons or whatever to uh, close things out because the way cable channels do this stuff you never know when it's going to air as opposed to when they film it they they film stuff a lot of times over us over a summer and sometimes they're airing stuff over a summer but a lot of times they're filming completely different from when sh- the shows actually air on the network and so everything's wrapped and in the can. And if a show then airs and the ratings aren't there as you know, much as the network would want them to, then the network starts thinking about cancellation, but there's no good way to like 
fire things back up, you know? Yeah. And so the idea of firing things back up for a limited, you know, edition of episodes or, or something like they did, uh, uh, with Eureka, where at least they, they did it before they were finished so they could do a final episodes or like they did with warehouse 13, giving it a final shortened season. I'm hoping that this shows, you know, like they've done that they'll, that they'll let like Royal pains know when they get around to filming season eight, this is actually the end mm-hmm. so they can film some sort of ending. Uh, and that I was really happy when there were, you were like, really, the show's doing really well for you guys. What is the deal with the trying to get another season? <laughs> like what's the, uh, I guess they just felt like it was time to end it, but I'm glad they're, they knew going into the six episodes that it was the end. So, and given what they set up, it looks like uh, it should be a fun, you know, a fun little ride here uh, as uh, we roll into winter. I'm super excited for it. Like I said, I love a high show, and actually, I'm still bearing the heartbreak from Warehouse 13's uh, final <laughs> season. But, but hopefully, this won't be like that. Well, are you looking forward to the librarians? Yes, I am. You know, that's funny because I, I saw the preview for The Librarians and I was mentioning it to a friend of mine. He says, oh, wasn't that some sort of TV movie that came out a couple of years ago? And I'm like, TV movie? Yeah, there's three of them. And then I found out there were three TV movies and I'm like, oh, dear God. <laughs> <laughs> I had to watch them immediately. <laughs> yeah, it's. Uh, I, I like the idea that they're spinning that off into uh, its own series. It's. It gives you – it, it, it kind of is a Warehouse 13-y before warehouse 13 even you know it really of. is actually i thought it was kind of a good combination between the the style the kind of the filming style of hercules the legendary journeys and indiana jones yeah it's it's sort of a like an indiana jones light but uh but it gives you i think with the new team you know with the new team aspect it's sort of you're going to get uh some feel of uh um oh, why am i blanking on uh speaking of high shows Done by the same people, even starring one of the same people. Why leverage? There it is. Oh, leverage! Yeah, brought to you by the same people that put out leverage. So I loved leverage too. And so I think uh, that that sort of team aspect, uh, you'll you'll get some of the fun of like leverage was uh, with the sort of the sort of supernaturally type of things that they're uh, you know trying to track down and uh, and keep out of. Uh, out of the hands of the of bad people. <laughs> but yeah, I'm looking forward to the librarians as well. Yeah, and I think the networks need to take note. Uh, there's not enough high shows and there needs to be more of them <laughs> and less less police procedural shows. Uh, How many NCISs are there? Unless you can uh, unless you can somehow combine the two where you you have the somehow a, hei- a heist procedural? A heist <laughs> oh my. <laughs> well, that's basically what white collar is. They Yeah, you, you see it from both heist, sides. They do a heist each week. All right. Uh, looking forward to uh, White Collar, and uh, we'll move on to the next show on the list, which is uh, Doctor Who, uh, Season 8, Episode 12, uh, Death in Heaven, the season finale. And, uh, Wayne, what did you think of the Season 8 finale and, uh, well, Season 8 as a whole of Doctor Who? I loved it. This is actually the – and I know I'm going to sound like a total newbie here, but this is the first season – of Doctor Who that I've seen a full season of. And having Peter Capaldi as the Doctor, I totally enjoyed this season. And I thought this season finale, Death in Heaven, 
just blew my mind. I thought it had great plot points. Uh, Danny Pink um, helping save the day at the very end, even though he's already dead. And then having the doctor assume that Danny was able to be happily alive again and settling down with Clara, which then gave Clara the opportunity to kind of go along with the misunderstanding. And it kind of looks like she's going to retire from all this uh, time travel business. And if so, it's very bittersweet, but I totally bought into it. I even loved the false ending, which went straight into that genius trailer for the annual Doctor Who Christmas special. Wayne, I got to ask you, how much Doctor Who uh, have you seen for the for the previous seven seasons? About an episode and a half up until I started watching this season. Yeah, you you are in for a treat. <laughs> I know. There's something I'm going to mention later on. Yeah, this this was I love this this episode. Actually, the last I consider the last two episodes to be the full uh, finale because that's kind of where we where we started. But when you when you watch it again, like you watch the the previous seasons, come back and watch this, and you'll be even more mind blown because uh, mm. like I'm a big Doctor Who fan, and I've been a Doctor Who fan since I was a, a little kid. And my first Doctor was the fourth Doctor, and I've been on going on it since then. And man, this episode just blew me away i'm like holy crap that's who now what's going on the mass master what <laughs> cyberman so- everywhere what <laughs> actually as soon as they found out that the that the dark water you know it, you only see organics in it and then nothing non-organic i'm like man when they drain that i wonder what they're going to look like no exactly. and then and then you see it and you're like oh my god <laughs> Yeah, it was it was quite an epic ending for the season, and the season as a whole has been really entertaining. I'm not uh, I'm not too the loving of uh, uh, Jenna Coleman as um as the uh, God, what's her name Clara as Clara as Clara. I'm not a huge fan of Clara as a, as a companion, but I love Peter Capaldi as a Doctor. Like right away, I liked him as the Doctor, and with the previous Doctor, uh, it, it kind of took me a little while to warm up to him. But not so with Capaldi, man. Right away, I like him, and I'm I'm into it. I'm interested. I'm interested in everything he's doing, and it just I just I just love it. I just love. It. I can't say enough good things about it because <laughs> I've been such a long time Doctor Who fan. <laughs> and since you are a long time Doctor Who fan, am I misunderstanding what I pulled out of the episode that Clara might be retiring from time travel business and letting the Doctor go on his merry way? No, I don't think you're misinterpreting that. I think that's exactly what happens. And at the end, she literally walks away from it and walks away from the, the whole life. And I think that's going to be maybe not the last we see of, of Clara, but certainly the last we see of her running around in the TARDIS on a regular basis. Oh, okay. And I think, and I think Jenna Coleman's contract might be up. So, Yeah, I think, I, think she, I think there was something about she was going to end soon or something like that. So, uh I don't know. I I like Doctor Who. I'm not I haven't watched like, you know, I haven't really watched any of the classic Doctor Who. Uh I really started watching it with the changeover between uh the previous, you know, the from what is it? Two doctors ago to the the previous doctor. So the David Tennant to the Matt Smith doctor? Yeah, that's pretty much when I started watching it. Like I had seen an episode or here or there or something, but uh, I started watching it from then, and I've seen you know pretty much everything since then. I mean, I always enjoy the episodes, but this season for me, I don't know, it was it was really up and down. I think maybe part of the the dislike for Clara is that 
one week she hated the doctor and then the next week they were best buds <laughs> and you're like well, wait what changed from last week to this week uh you know it was i'm done uh you know i i'm i'm done with this and then oh i'll take one last train ride with you and then all of a sudden i'm back on board and then this episode they were best friends and uh it, i don't know the the whole up and down of the the relationship this season was just very strange to me. Like I never could, I never could get a grasp on it of, of an actual like through line of what was, uh, uh, what was going on. And, uh, then, uh, while I, I really enjoyed this last episode, it always has those things, uh, as my, uh, as my friend Kate Kolzik from, uh, the Televerse podcast calls, calls them the refrigerator moments, where you really enjoy an, an episode of TV until later that night you're at the refrigerator going to grab a snack and you go, wait a second, that doesn't really make sense. <laughs> and, uh, and it that's the thing is this episode had those type of things where I like that, uh, you know, that love saved the day. But really, was there really <laughs> only two people that love somebody so much that when they became Cybermen, they were able to overcome it. Everybody else didn't love anybody enough. Like that's the, that's, those are the type of things that bother me with these, with these type of things is, is it seems like a really great idea and you're really enjoying it, but don't ever stop and think about it because once you do, <laughs> then it really starts to, it starts to pull away at the, how effective it seemed at the time. Well, one thing I learned after podcasting about Under the Dome this past season <laughs> is don't look for things to make sense. I've, I <laughs> I enjoy some shows a lot more. <laughs> yeah, that that is, right. that is definitely true. Just suspend disbelief. And that uh, that preview for the for the Christmas episode, did anybody recognize who was playing Santa Claus? No. Who? It, it was it was Nick Frost. Yeah. Now, for those for those of you who don't know, Nick Frost is the opposite of Simon Pegg from Shaun of the Dead and Hot Fuzz and a couple other movies they've done together. Interesting, interesting. I can't wait for that Christmas special because on one hand, I'm kind of bummed at some of these British series that have such short seasons, you know, eight episodes or whatever, and we're done. But on the other hand, I'm a huge fan of Sherlock, and I only get about three of those a year. So, but each each of the one of those is a full movie. Yeah, pretty much. It's like six episodes. It really is. <laughs> so it's basically like a normal British series where they do six episodes. <laughs> exactly. Now, what did we think of the end of of Mister Danny Pink in this episode? I thought it was a pretty pretty good send off they gave him. You know, turn him into a Cyberman and then have him save the day. My question is, is what does that mean for what What was his name? O Oswald Pink or Osgood Pink or something? Uh, the the very futuristic uh, spaceman that they ran into that was. That's what I was thinking. That was like well. a, that was like a, a descendant, a of descendant. His. But but I got oh. the feeling that was not just a descendant of his. But, but of Clara's as theirs. well. <laughs> right. That's where I thought they were going in that episode. That is totally where I thought they were going. Because um, she had the – it was it was her connection, uh, you know, that was running the TARDIS. So uh, it made it seem like there was a lot more uh, to that. So did they actually rewrite history and now that <laughs> – like 
Does that never actually happen? Uh, those are probably oh, other no. things that I probably shouldn't think about. <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe in the Christmas episode, Clara will say she's pregnant. Ooh, because you never know on when you're getting all involved with all of this timey wimey stuff, anything could happen, right? Yeah, I don't know. It's just, uh, I mean, they had some interesting episodes this season, you know, individually. I just didn't, uh, I guess I just didn't follow the through line of the season as as well as uh, maybe some in the past. I'm totally hooked. Have you heard any word whether Peter Capaldi will be back again next season? From what I understand, he he will be. I think nice. so, uh, nice. because he 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 stopped uh, playing the part on um, the Musketeers uh, because it was this interfered with that, I think, or something like that. So he wasn't he he didn't keep on doing that because he was fil- going to be doing more of this. So I'm not. I I think that was because he was going to be doing more than just this one season. Oh, okay. Well, I could see, you know, if you're trying to decide, should I continue with The Musketeers or the legendary series <laughs> of Doctor Who, which will make me famous till the end of time? Yeah, probably a good... Uh... You know, it's funny. I watch the... there's a They do a Doctor Who extra uh, thing for every episode. So I, I watched the one for this episode, and the woman who plays Missy, she was saying, yes, when they offer you Doctor Who, you don't say no. You don't say no ever. Not to Doctor Who. <laughs> Are you crazy? Never. <laughs> Good point. Especially if you're a, a British a- actor <laughs> of some sort. Yeah, I mean, it, is, it is heavily ingrained in the British consciousness and their, and their pop culture. It's so rooted in there that uh, to say no, I mean, you might as, might as well just ship yourself to India and try to find an acting job there. <laughs> yeah, I think... I don't know. I I always look forward to the the uh, the Christmas specials here recently. Uh they they're always interesting uh and usually have some sort of a fun twist on something. Uh and then, you know, seeing uh you know Santa Claus show up. That's uh <laughs> you know that, that's a pretty good <laughs> uh that's a pretty good twist. I mean, they've 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 gone to some interesting places, so that I expect nothing less. And at least exactly. this will be interesting to watch. This, this this has been my favorite kind of uh, Christmas episode preview thing that they've done so far. Having Santa Claus show up on the sh- on it on the uh, on the TARDIS, yeah, <laughs> just sort of come in like you can't end it there. <laughs> you, you can't. <laughs> and they've ended it in some really weird places, like they had. And one, you know, the a woman in a, a bridal gown show up, uh, and then they had the the Titanic crash through the side of the TARDIS, and this one, like I said, by far my favorite. Yeah, definitely, definitely looking forward to uh, that, and uh, move on to the next show on the list, which is Once Upon a Time, uh, season four, episode seven, uh, Snow Queen, and uh, I'm not watching. I'm way behind. I still have. Uh, I still have half of last season sitting on the DVR, <laughs> yeah. uh, and haven't uh, haven't really caught up uh, to get into the uh, frozen of it all. Uh, but uh, John, how are you uh, enjoying the fourth season of of Once Upon a Time? Let's take it back to to early on when when the first series first premiered, and I heard the concept of the series, which followed along with a comic book I was reading called Fables. 
by Bill Willingham, which takes all the fairy tale people and put them in the real world. So I was excited for this series, and it wasn't quite what I expected when it came out. And I know they did a big divergent thing, uh, but it was still really good. And I'm always excited to watch it. And then along came this season, and they have all these characters from Frozen, and I'm like, man, that that just came out. Like this isn't. This isn't exactly this isn't exactly a fairy tale we're drawing from. I mean, this is a, a movie that, you know, Emma in the show probably took her kid to in in the hiatus <laughs> and now doesn't know any of these people. <laughs> and and it's just like I'm not I'm not loving the frozenness stuff. I'm I'm not really overly enjoying the whole ice queen ice everywhere thing of it all. I'm still watching it because well, I have loyalty, and I'm hoping it'll get much, much better. Uh, but right now, it's not. It's not selling me. It's really, it's really not selling me. John, I'm going to agree 100. Um, percent I'm watching it because I've been watching it since the beginning. Seasons one and two of Once Upon a Time were brilliant. It almost felt like Lost in a way. I mean, not to the level of Lost, but the closest to Lost that we've seen in a long, long time. And I was totally hooked. It was great when it was just all these famous fairy tales. Last season got a little iffy with uh, so much Peter Pan and then the Wicked Witch being in there. But then this season with Frozen and, like you said, Ice Everywhere and Sisters United, it's like, oh, they've gone way beyond fairy tales. And I don't know if the show can recover. I I haven't heard any rumblings whether this fourth season of Once Upon a Time is going to be the final one. But this past week's episode, I'm only watching it out of loyalty, as well as having a, a couple of friends, Daniel Lewis and Jeff and Colleen Roney, doing podcasts about it. And that way I can kind of keep up because I'm still going to listen to the podcast. But I don't know if it can recover. But on the plus side, almost any scene, even this fourth season, if it has Regina in it, I think it's a fantastic scene. Absolutely. I'm absolutely in love with the Re- Regina's character. I think she brings a kind of gravitas to every scene that she's in because she's like, she's the evil queen who's trying to be good. Right. Hers is the redemption story I like the most. And, of course, scenes with Mr. Golden Rumpelstiltskin are pretty good most of the time still. Like I'd, <laughs> I'd like to say they're gold, but it seems a little playing. Exactly. A little on the nose. But, yeah, oh. I really like the, the evil queen, Rumpelstiltskin, and I'm – pretty done with with snow white i'm most of the way done with henry uh and i'd like to see some more characters come back like we had all these exciting characters in the previous seasons that are almost nowhere to be found this season like where's grumpy (laughs) i loved grumpy more more grumpy (laughs) more grumpy is always good for a television show exactly i i'd heard some rumblings that uh red riding hood may make a return after being gone for two and a half seasons uh, oh, they could take. I could take it or leave it. She's not just doing anything it else. <laughs> She's for me. For me, since her show got canceled last season, literally that character is just eye candy for me. I, and I didn't think she had great development, and I don't think she was very useful in any of the ongoing stories. She was just kind of there. I, I didn't say anything to the contrary. <laughs> <laughs> Noted. <laughs> Uh, yes, uh, passive agreement with the, that, uh, that, that sentiment there. Yeah, it just seemed like, in some respects, like a good idea, 
the show was waning a little bit, you know, ratings wise. It you know it didn't have quite the buzz that it had in its first, especially its first season, but the first couple seasons, you know, in season three, and you know, Frozen became this bizarre phenomenon that right. like that it was like, well, that seems like perfect synergy. Let's drop that into this show and see if we can, you know, draw some. Uh, you know, some fans of that into coming, you know, that maybe haven't been watching that would be interested in, in watching. And uh, I don't think it's done ratings wise exactly what uh, what they had hoped. And it sounds like it's sort of turned long term fans off from <laughs> from the show exactly. a little bit. Uh, so it's because what you're saying there is absolutely true. And I think the people who are long term fans see right through their attempt. Mm-hmm. And they're like they're doing the Frozen stuff because they want to draw in Frozen fans, and it's just it just seems inappropriate. But yet they're not singing, and <laughs> yet, I, yet. I haven't seen <laughs> I haven't seen Frozen, but from what I gather, it's really about the music. <laughs> that is what is one of the things that really grabbed people, you know, with the with that. And uh, so it seems like you're trying to grab, you know, an audience with but with just with the characters, but not with one whole ingredient that was one of the major things that they really enjoyed about the about the movie. That's a good point. If they happen to get a uh, fifth season, I would not be surprised if they try to find a way to mix in Taylor Swift and Star Wars <laughs> and anything else that's hot next summer and just try to put it in there just, anywhere they can. Do you, you know what I thought they were going to do is end up in Asgard. Oh. <laughs> And and bring in bring in the Norse mythology. Does the storyline they're telling does it feel like it's going to be the whole season, or does it feel like it's the frozen stuff will mostly be done in like the first half of the season, and they'll move on to something else in the second half? Good God, I hope it's done by the first half. <laughs> <laughs> I really do. If if it's done by the first half, I'll breathe a sigh of relief and get excited for the second half. Amen to that. Yeah, when it comes back from its gallivant break for the second half of the season, so. Yeah, I haven't really, because I haven't been watching it, I haven't really been keeping up on it, mostly to with the, I haven't deleted them off the DVR yet, so there's still possibility of catching up, and I don't want to know, like, too much, you know, about it uh, ahead of time, so I haven't really been paying attention to, you know, how long maybe the storyline's supposed to go, or, or, or read much about it, but uh, it sounds like you guys would both be... <laughs> All I'm going to say is bring your Tylenol because your eyes are going to roll in the back of your head more than once, okay? (laughs) And if by some chance later this season, Jason, if they do have a musical episode, I'll send you a message right away. Uh, make sure the DVRs got this one. Yeah, at this point, I'd be excited for a musical episode. (laughs) Well, that'll basically be Galvant, you know, in the the break, mid-season break, you'll get uh, eight episodes of... uh, of a musical sort of set in a, not exactly fairy tale, but, uh, you know, sort of a similar type of uh, genre. And with that, we move on to the last show on the list for prime time, which is uh, resurrection, uh, season two, episode seven, uh, miracles. And, uh, Wayne, you, uh, you podcast about resurrection. How have you been uh, enjoying the, the second season? There's been plenty to talk about. <laughs> Oh, 
I have been loving it. I know that the ratings seem to be down a little bit. Yeah, but- I don't get it. It seems like it's just as good or better than the short first season. So I was like, who who that was watching this in the first season is like not into what's going on here in the second season. I think there's folks that just watch the first season of some shows and then they never, <laughs> they don't want to know a second season of anything, no matter how good, because season two of resurrection has pretty much br- been brilliant. My co-host Troy and I both have given episodes nines, nine and a half, even some tens. And the acting is amazing. The storyline's intriguing. They haven't done anything truly outrageous just yet. And I believe we we have two weeks with no episodes. Then we're going to get one November 30th, one December 7th, and then take a a winter break. But this past week's episode, Miracles, really touched on uh, some things that could go very dark. Like uh, there's uh, some folks in the town that believe that uh, the true living, the people that have not died and come back to life, that they are a, a special group and they need to stand up and look out for themselves. And I have a feeling there's going to be lynch mobs in the future. Yeah. Or there could be, although I thought for a second when the, the one guy got sick that uh, they were going to, you know, find out that he had also returned at some point and that's why he got sick, but they were, they stuck with the, no, it, the virus had transferred to somebody that uh, was not a returned but yet, as we've seen with Marty's storyline, you can be returned and not know, apparently. So, right. <laughs> so That's I, the big question. Yeah. So, like, how, how, do, how do they know? How does anybody know that they, that person actually isn't a return just because nobody in town knows that he died? You know, like, uh, and, and, and then came back, uh, you know, somebody, anybody, you know, you could die and like nobody knew that Marty died why the week that he was gone cuz he didn't tell anybody uh and to find out this was the second time you know right. that it happened to him as a baby uh and and you know he came you know he had come back and and you know this is you know it's actually or a couple of times now or whatever it's happened uh and he didn't remember he didn't remember those he just remembered like his last life where he came back and grew up as a you know as a foster child, they, they've had some interesting storylines in there. You know, they dropped in the little bit uh, about the, in the previous episode, about the lady that's heading up the secret group that's tracking the returned. Mm-hmm. You know, how much do they actually know? Is she a returned? You know, they, they sort of played it off of, uh, they showed that little scene of uh, a girl uh, that, had survived, you know, basically it looked like she had survived a plane crash or something somehow. And, uh, and, and then, you know, faded to her with the same drink in hand. Exactly. So, so you're supposed to think that, you know, there's something, you know, off about her too. So, and then now with the, the virus, but then the pregnant woman got better. Does that mean that the baby she's carrying helped in some way? And, uh, I, I kept wondering about that. Like, was, the baby is not one, but she is. So if like she disappeared, would the baby still be there? <laughs> like if she died from the virus, <laughs> like, uh, or like what would happen there uh, with that whole discussion of, should we, you know, should I take the medication or will it hurt the baby? But wouldn't, if the virus took full hold and you died and disappeared, wouldn't that hurt the baby? Um, there was some, there were some weird questions with that stuff, but sort of the miracle of her, getting through that, it brings up questions of what 
the deal is with the baby that she's carrying, especially since it's growing at what seems to be like, you know, three times the rate of a normal uh, pregnancy. Uh, and then, you know, Mama Langston. Yes. That's something. There's a character. She is, uh, there's something. Uh, I'm not sure what she's up to, but is it seems like no good, especially when she, you know, she talked the lady into just giving up and she disappeared. Uh, you know, everything that she, you know, the whole stuff with the, the fires and all the things that she saw as a kid, but then, uh, you know, other things that she obviously did growing, you know, until she died the last time. And this whole other side of the, the family, you know, this whole other side where she recognized the picture, it just, there's something, there's something off with her. <laughs> but the fact that, uh, that guy, Mr. Addison, that she went out to dinner with him, for him to be so basically incompetent to take her back to his house where there's all these family pictures. I, obviously, I think she was going to recognize somebody. And now I wonder how much of their plan she suspects. But uh, she is so sly. And like you said, she's done some not very nice things. If you can convince people to give up the will to live and have them then actually die, and she's done that at least twice so far, she's not to be reckoned with. But she seems to also have, like, some sort of plan, like some sort of reasoning of why she's back or something that uh, is is interesting. There, there's just, a, a like you said, the, the true living group. Uh, you know, the people that are not buying the, you know, everything's okay. They're going in a, you know, a potentially dangerous direction, especially, you know, they started yeah. painting all the, uh, the upside down crosses on, uh, on houses that have a returned, uh, you know, living there. And there there's, I don't know, just this, this whole season has been very, inter very entertaining, but also very interesting in the various different storylines that they're, they're telling the, the, the the whole storyline with the you know the the minister you know the pastor of the church and and how he's dealing with his faith in the midst of people returning from the dead brilliant uh, stuff it's, it's they're 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 going at it with some very interesting you know some interesting takes on on things and uh and the fact that uh, pastor tom is now back together with his wife janine and they're both now kind of rooting for Rachel to be able to have her baby and have it be totally healthy. And if something does happen to Rachel, it, like if she happens to die during the pregnancy, the, the wife, it, you know, yeah, it's interesting she's that she's creepily on board. <laughs> yeah, she's like our she's more than willing to call it our baby. And uh, I'm still not 100 percent sure that Pastor Tom is the father of that baby. I mean, they're kind of leading us that way. And this show isn't the type that would pull the wool over our eyes and <laughs> throw us in left field. But I don't, I don't want to buy into everything at face value. Yeah. Cause yeah. Cause of how the pregnancy is going. Uh, and you know, is there, you know, something different in the, you know, timeline, how does things change when you're, you know, when you basically have died a couple times since you got pregnant <laughs> and come back, like how, how do these things change? Yeah, is there, you know, is it going to be actually somebody else that was the, you know, the father? They've, they've dropped some big, some big twists in on, on the show. I think the biggest being that they finally, 
I mean, they'd been hinting that Marty was connected to that family that returned. Right. Yeah. Uh, since the you know the finale, and uh, you know they finally fully put that all together. But he's like in this interesting spot, like you know he doesn't want people to know, but, but he is, uh, you know, one of them. So just where things are going, I'm I'm just fully involved in uh, in looking forward to the, each new episode of of the show and where they're you know where they're going to go with the uh, the story. I was a little worried at the end of last season because they went really big for that finale, and I thought they did a pretty decent job of drawing it back. It was pretty drastic how at the end of last season with all of the dead cicadas everywhere and all sorts of people coming back from the dead. Somehow it's all tied to this town of Arcadia and that Langston family factory for whatever reason or the river as some magical properties. Yeah, and so there were people coming back to life le left and right. And now, like you said, it's kind of reeled it back and made it a little, this season. It's a little more easy to follow because you don't have – you know, a person coming back to life each week and some episodes, five people coming back. So you can keep track of it. And it's just great to watch all the nuances and and the family dynamics, because, you know, when you have some of your grandparents that are younger than the parents. It... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or like, yeah, like when you have uh, the Langstons and she's talking to him about his mother going out on a date with the guy. Is it like actually a date or is it just a business meeting or, you know, type of thing? But based on you know based on their ages they're kind of similar age now when they you know but they're still mother and son and yeah there's a lot of interesting dynamics at play with the you know like the guy that's obviously died at a young age and came back and he's like grandpa but yes. he clearly looks you know 20 <laughs> years younger uh, there's a lot of that stuff uh, going on that's uh, that makes for some interesting dynamics between the different characters Especially since that grandpa seems to have it out for the Langstons yes. <laughs> and has some big diabolical plan. Well, if he's one of the people that died in a fire, right? You know, or as one does of the people that died multiple times or something, uh, it's probably may have good reason. All right, that's a uh, that's resurrection. If you're not watching, watch it already. I mean, yes, <laughs> it's this was one that's not hard to catch up with because there was only like eight episodes in the first season and they're only exactly. I haven't been watching it. Man, that sounds weird. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it definitely is. Uh, there's, there's lots of weird stuff going on. It's, it's like a, it's almost uh well, it, it's a kind of in the same vein as the French show, the return that was on Sundance. It has a, you know, a similar bit to that. Uh, but yet is different. <laughs> uh, the whole thing of that this show, Resurrection, is built off of a book called The Returned that's right. not the same as the show The Returned. Exactly. The show The Returned is built off of a French movie that was called The Returned. <laughs> but totally unrelated but, but, to the book. But the book is not based on that movie. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's, uh, uh, yes. And, uh, and we're going to get an... Americanized version of the returned on like A and E here at some point too. So all to add to the confusion. <laughs> <laughs> okay. We'll move on to uh, TV recommendations. First up uh, myself, my recommendation this week, I was, uh, I was going back through the list of uh, DVDs that were coming out this month. And somehow I missed it when I was going through previously, but the good guys comes out on DVD or came out on DVD on Tuesday, uh, November 3rd. And uh, it's also 
uh, available on Amazon Instant or iTunes, or you can find the first or the first season, the only season on Netflix. <laughs> it was just a really fun cop show. Uh, had uh, Bradley Whitford as like this guy stuck in the seventies uh, when he had cracked like a really big case and sort of became big, but now is just uh, you know sort of stuck in that vain but nobody really cares anymore uh and uh and then he gets this new partner that's sort of the you know played by uh colin hanks uh sort of the straight laced by the book you know new detective uh and you know the way they clashed and some of the cases that they it was just uh it was just a lot of fun and it was one of those shows that it made it the season it was it was low rated we were hoping it was going to be one of those that fox might give uh you know, another, another season two to give it a chance to become something. But, uh, unfortunately it didn't, but, uh, worth, uh, worth checking out if you like, if you like cop shows, but you also like fun, you know, <laughs> that have a nice sort of comic, twi- uh, you know, twist to them. Uh, it was, it was a lot of fun and that would be my, uh, my recommendation, uh, this week. How about you, John? Well, my recommendation this week is uh, 30 Days, which was a documentary series uh, created by Morgan Spurlock of the Super Size Me fame. And I don't know if any of you guys have seen it, but every episode he takes somebody, or sometimes he does it himself, and puts them out of their element for 30 days. And in the first episode, he decides to live on minimum wage for 30 days. And and kind of every episode is an exploration of of this other world. Uh, he took a kind of a gun-toting uh, farm boy army reservist guy uh, from the Midwest and put him in the Castro district of San Francisco, which if you're not familiar with is the gayest part of America, <laughs> and had him live with uh, a homosexual man for 30 days. And, and that was that was a pretty big and controversial episode, and I think they won a bunch of awards. Uh, there's three seasons of it, all available on Netflix and DVD, and it was just kind of an amazing show. An, an interesting show. It basically took the the premise of Super Size Me, which is do something for 30 days <laughs> and film it. And uh, but an interesting thing in that you know when you do a season, you know six episodes, it takes you six months. <laughs> you That's know? right. It, this was on FX as well. So you know it it takes you uh, it. It takes a long time to put these uh, things together, so each each one was actually uh, there's six episodes per season uh, for three seasons. So I think there's uh, eight, you know, eighteen of them out there. Uh, but yeah, definitely some interesting topics covered, and uh, uh, you know, a very interesting idea. Sort of like it's basically, uh, you know, like eighteen mini documentaries on on a certain sort of fish out of water type subject or. Uh, or, or trying something, you know, completely different uh, in the same vein of, you know, eating McDonald's, you know, three times a day for 30 days. <laughs> Which no one should ever, <laughs> ever, ever do. Yeah. Ever. I also got to say I love The Good Guys, too. I watched that when it was airing, and I just, I just love it. That was just a really fun buddy cop show. Yeah, it was it was definitely one that was very disappointing when it uh, – there's shows that you like, and it gets canceled, and you're like, eh. That's right. There's something else, and then there's other ones that you're just like, "Oh man!" <laughs> and, and it really and it really seems weird because it aired on Fox, and it it seems like it would be just the kind of show that Fox has and loves. Yeah, I I don't. It's there's always a, I don't know the way TV works. 
you know, what a network is looking for at a specific time, you know, or at a given a specific time, what they're looking for ratings wise, which is an ever changing number, <laughs> uh, you know, what one network is looking for compared to another network. You know, as we always talk about on this this uh, this podcast is, you know, CBS cancel stuff that would be if it could get the same numbers on any other network would be like one of their top rated shows. <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, so you, you never you never know. But uh, but yeah, that was uh, that was it was just a good show. I will literally watch Bradley Whitford in anything. Yeah, he was great as this, you know, this he was kind of. Uh, you know, anti-technology and all just sort of like this old school cop. You know, yeah, he was a throw, he's a, a seventies throwback cop. Yeah, <laughs> it was. It was like uh, it was almost like you know, like if one of the characters from like Starsky and Hutch was like still around, <laughs> <laughs> but had never changed since the since the those days. All right, Wayne. What was uh, how about your uh, your recommendation? For me, it's all of a sudden. All about Doctor Who. Yeah. I, after after watching, finally getting hooked on Doctor Who this uh, so it's past why you season. can't catch up with Arrow as you're in the process of catching up with Doctor Who. Is that what you're saying? I am a binge watching uh, maniac right now, watching a bunch of old David Tennant, Matt Smith, and Christopher Eccleston episodes of Doctor Who that I've never ever seen before. And so I'm just loving all of this and just getting immersed in it. And I've got a lot of catching up to do to try to catch up to John and his uh, Whovian um, expertise. But I'm really enjoying it. And you can, of course, get Doctor Who on Amazon Instant Prime, Blu-ray, DVD, Hulu Press, Hulu Plus, iTunes, Netflix. I'm watching on Netflix right now. And at first I wanted to just start with the Christopher Eccleston episodes and go in order and there's some really good ones there, but I got kind of impatient. I want to get to the Matt Smith and David Tennant episodes. So right now I'm watching some of them out of order, but that doesn't matter because it's all about time travel. So it it doesn't mess me up at all. You're doing your own timey wiminess of <laughs> of watching watching that's, any order. That's how I roll because originally I feared. That if I wanted to get into Doctor Who, I would have to go back and find the episodes from the 60s and oh, start God. there. But then, <laughs> then I heard I heard John and Rem and them on their sci-fi movie podcast doing a special, basically, Kickstarter episode for Doctor Who. Yeah, we, did a, heard, uh, we did a Doctor Who's Beginner Guide on yes. the sci-fi movie podcast. It was our 62nd episode, I believe. And it gave you kind of a an intro to Doctor Who if you just wanted to pick it up from the 2005 series. And I can totally attest to that being valuable. Thank you. Great episode. And now, now I'm hooked. Well, that's one. And, and, yeah. <laughs> Got to get them all. And, and we'll have a. I'll, I'll put a link to uh, to that that episode in the show notes uh, as, as well. So uh, yeah, that's uh, and if you you know. Wayne, if you ever do want to, they Netflix has got some of the classic Doctor Who out there too, man. So you, could just, you could jump back into the, some of the old stuff and just be all over the place. I if bet have, that I uh, will eventually. <laughs> if if they have the origin of the of the Daleks, that was a good uh, fourth Doctor old series one that you could watch, and it's it's still a really good series and kind of still holds up today. Cool. All right, and uh, that'll do it for the uh, the recommendation segment. Got a little bit of uh, listener feedback. Uh, Stephanie uh, sent in from the uh, TV Rewind podcast. She sent in a little uh, congratulations for uh, for our 250th episode. Hey, Jason, John, and Wayne. This is Stephanie. 
from TV Rewind Podcast. Just wanted to send you a quick note to say happy 250th episode. That's a great landmark to reach as a podcaster. I'll be reaching 200 pretty soon. I'm at 195 right now. But just wanted to say that I'm really happy that you've reached that far, that you've just done a great job with the podcast. I've been listening for several years now, and I can't tell you exactly when I started listening or how I found out about you, but I'm glad that I have been listening for such a long time, that I've been invited as a guest a couple of times, and it's just been wonderful to listen to you and your various co-host extravaganza that you've had over the years, and happy that several of my friends have been invited to your show, including Wayne and a couple others. So thank you so much for all that you do. Have a great podcast, and I'll see you later. Bye. And uh, thank you for that, Stephanie. And then also, uh, Eddie Ginsberg wrote in and said, do any of you guys watch Shark Tank? I would love to hear your take on this great show once in a while on Amory's reality section. Uh, thank you so much for the fun and informative podcast. I really appreciate the effort you guys also go through in order to timestamp your podcast. I love being able to skip the shows I do not want to hear about. Well, that's why we do it, uh, is so that you can uh, just skip from one section to the next in case you, uh, like on this episode, if you haven't watched the Doctor Who finale yet, you can just skip right over that section. And uh, thank you for the uh, kind words about the uh, podcast. And the reason we don't talk about Shark Tank a lot on the podcast is because we only really do a, a reality segment uh, every other week when Amory's on and she doesn't watch Shark Tank as far as I know. Uh, but uh, Wayne does. And uh, yes. so uh, Wayne, why do you watch why do you watch uh, Shark Tank? I really love the Shark Tank series. I've seen almost every single episode and although oftentimes when it's over, I might forget the exact things I've seen. It's just great to watch all of these entrepreneurs come in with great ideas, sometimes with horrible ideas, <laughs> and try to get investments uh, from these millionaires and billionaires on the show. And it, it, I especially like, and it's usually about uh, a third of the way through each episode, they do a brief little recap on somebody that's been on the show in years past, and where are they now, and quite often they're doing very, very well. And my wife loves watching QVC just to relax. We do not spend lots of money on QVC, but she watches it. It's kind of entertaining. And now and then I'll see one of these people that struck a deal with Lori Grenier on Shark Tank, and I'll see them on QVC, and I'll go, I remember that. That's the the happy daddy sponge or whatever it was called. <laughs> I remember that guy. And it's just really interesting. And you kind of can pick up some great business advice on different ways to get investments if you do come up with the type of um, item. I would love to come up with an idea and go on that show. I can't think of something that warrants that level of uh, pressure just yet. But um, Eddie, uh, yeah, Shark Tank, I love that. And hopefully Annie will get into watching that show now. <laughs> you know, I, I've I've heard of the Shark Tank thing. I'm up in Canada and we have the Dragon's Den. And I think it's kind of the similar show. Yeah, it's that's the Shark Tank is the is the American version of of that that's the like the British version of of the show. I think that's what they call it as Dragon's Den, which is basically entrepreneurs coming in to uh, pitch their ideas in front of uh, a bunch of people with actual money. Yeah, and you, <laughs> and you you know they're lining some of those people up to fail for sure. Yes. <laughs> but yeah, that's uh, I've I've seen some episodes here and there. 
that they're always interesting. I actually saw more episodes of that uh, recently when I was down in Florida visiting my uncle. That it was like that was on in the there was like uh, one of those. Uh, I can't remember what channel it was on, but it was like one of those all day marathons of like Shark Tank. It was just like on in the background. Oh, uh, yeah, so it was like every once in a while you're like, oh wait a second, that looks pretty interesting. What is that that they're? Uh... But yeah, I I don't watch it. Well, I don't watch a lot of uh, of reality or basically non scripted uh, type of stuff. So, but yeah, Wayne, are you uh, are you looking forward to? Uh, I think they're calling it like the after after Shark Tank or whatever they're calling it that they're going to do. Uh, a show coming up that uh, shows basically where some of these ideas went. I have not heard of that before, but that's one thing that I just love the follow-up story. So what's the details on that? Because I do want to see it. Yeah. I'm not sure exactly when it's going to come out, but basically from what I understand, it's going to be, they're going to, it's, it's going to be episodes that follow up on things that got investment. And I, and I think maybe even things that, nobody did invest in and like, were they able to find other investments or able to turn it into a successful business on their own? But uh, things that you've seen on Shark Tank, you'll get updates on, you know, where, where those things went. Is that going to be a web only show or also no, I on think ABC? It's going to be on ABC. Cool. It, it may be like, uh, you know, one of those things that Shark Tank doesn't run for a while and they run some episodes of this, uh, you know, in, in its place or something. So, they always have something Shark Tank like on Friday nights at night. <laughs> <laughs> I'm all for it. I'll tell you, it is very cool when something is on that show that's in your hometown, like around the corner from where you are. Because there's a, a waffle place downtown that was on Dragon's Den, and they got all their funding through Dragon's Den, and it's a delicious waffle place. <laughs> <laughs> I love waffles. Surprisingly, uh, who doesn't love waffles? <laughs> that's a good question. That's right. I don't know. Now I'm hungry. All right. On that note, you can find uh, – we'll have links uh, to the uh, news stories we talked about uh, as well as uh, our recommendations uh, as well as where you can find John and Wayne in the show notes at tvtimes3.com slash 250. And uh, next week, uh, Amory and Ray will be back with me and uh, we'll be uh, talking about uh, a few shows and uh, a few reality shows on top of that. And uh, – the opening and closing music is provided by IODA Promonet. The song is TV Party by the Asylum Street Spankers from their Mercurial title put out by Yellow Dog Records. And thank you once again, John and Wayne, for joining me on episode 250. Thank you so much for having us. It's been a blast. Thanks again, Jason. We sit glued to the TV set all night and every night. Why go into the outside world at all? It's such a fright. We got nothing better to do. Watch TV and have a couple of brews.